6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Wanted to talk about this. There's a new study that is out that is painting a pretty grim picture of just how many Canadian police officers are feeling stressed and overwhelmed. Um, Those are the words that are being used, burned out, being used as well. The survey was done during the uh, second wave of the pandemic between October and December of 2020. It involved more than 1,000 officers across the country. Now, the survey says 35% of those officers went to work when mentally unwell. 31% did so while physically ill. Linda Duxbury uh, was the professor from Carleton University who did the study. She said... Quote, the results are pretty terrifying because we expect these officers to be resilient and ready and to be able to deliver under very difficult circumstances. We know in both Calgary and Edmonton and right across the country, police services have been under the spotlight over the past couple of years especially. The Canadian Police Association says the survey highlights what it already knows and says... Big changes are needed. Tom Stamatakis is the president of the Canadian Police Association. He joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Tom, overloaded, stressed, burned out. This survey was done during a pandemic. Did that play a role in it or is it much more? Well, I think it's much more because the results of the survey really uh, confirm or replicate results we've seen previously. I think the pandemic, though, did have an aggravating effect. I mean, we had a situation where most Canadians were told to stay home and isolate and Mm -hmm. avoid contact with other people, while our uh, police personnel were asked to continue to go to work, to continue to interact with people, all while trying to manage a lot of different competing demands, uh, including things like childcare and elder care, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where schools were shut down and daycare options weren't available that are that are typically available. So it certainly had an aggravating effect, but I, I think it just speaks to a, a bigger issue that's been ongoing for a long time. And it's a combination of, you know, not properly resourcing police services, while at the same time continuously expecting more and sometimes the downloading or the or the additional demands come from different things that are happening in communities, but often it's cuts to other public services that result in more downloading to police services, and it's just not sustainable. You know what, Tom? Uh, when you ta- when you take a when you talk about not properly resourcing and uh, and and the, and the bigger issues, I think you know certainly what we've been seeing in this province, and certainly during the pandemic. And I know that Alberta is not alone, Calgary, uh, Edmonton, not alone in this. But we have seen um, you know an increase in in homelessness. We've seen an increase in a social disorder, we've seen uh, an increase in, in, in mental illness, and we're seeing that police officers oftentimes are on the front lines of dealing with that. Should police officers be the ones dealing with those issues, and is that part of the challenge? That's very much part of the challenge, and when there's no capacity in within other public services or within the, the broader system if i could use that term then ultimately things do default to the police because we're one of the few services that are available out there 24 7 365 days a year the the problem too is it's not as simple as the police saying well look those those social issues those mental health issues aren't our responsibility we won't deal with it because the problem is if we don't show up 
those social issues, social disorder issues or mental health issues can then often uh, result in, in, a, in a crime occurring mm -hmm. where somebody gets hurt or property gets damaged and then it does become a policing or a crime issue, a traditional crime issue with which the police have to respond to. So, you know, it's this difficult situation that we're in where we're in the middle where people are saying, look, we don't think the police should be doing this yet. Yeah. No level of government is building the capacity so that some other more appropriate service uh, could be, be responding. And more importantly, I think there are times when it is appropriate for the police to respond to social or mental health issues, but we need the support. We need those other agencies to be available that we can, you know, sort of shift things over once the crisis is resolved or once the public safety issue is addressed. And, and you know, that goes back to a conversation that certainly has become, um, you know, front and centre when it comes to policing over the past couple of years. And I don't, I don't like the word defunding the police. I call it kind of not refunding or, or, you know, just taking a look at how uh, funds are allocated to police services and who's doing what. And we talk about having, you know, social workers out there maybe helping respond with different things, that sort of that sort of thing. And, and I know in, in Edmonton specifically, work is being done to try to address that. Um, but, you know, you talk about all levels of government not being willing to do it or not doing it well enough. So... How does that change? Well, first of all, it can't be an either-or proposition. The suggestion that, oh, it can't be the police, it has to be somebody else, it, it's just a wrong-headed approach. This needs to be a collaborative approach where all of the public services, public institutions, agencies that provide supports to people, including responding uh, to crime and enforcing the law and, 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 and ensuring that the, the rule of law is followed, that everybody has to work t together collaboratively to get ahead of these issues. And until that happens, we're going to continue to be in the state where uh, it, it appears as those things are getting worse. And in fact, in many cases, they are. And, and no one's coming up with a solution. The other aggravating effect in all of this is the politicization of these issues where, and you alluded to it, where you have, you know, whether it's uh, representatives on the board of commissioners or elected council officials or other elected officials who politicize the issues by making uninformed or arbitrary statements about cutting budgets or uh, picking arbitrary numbers out of the air in, in terms of establishing budgets. I mean, that's not helpful. We need to have a thoughtful conversation uh, about how to fund all services, including the police, in an evidence-based way so that we're spending those public tax dollars in a way that, that, that is the most effective way. And that includes evaluating what we're doing in existing programs to make sure that they're effective, mm -hmm. to make sure that it's you know, it is collaborative and there is a, a complementary effect in everything we do so that, you know, we can get ahead of some of these big challenges. So by doing that, then how does that change the culture of policing and how does that improve the situation that many police officers, when we're talking, we're looking at the study and we're talking about overloaded, stress, burned out, how does that improve that? Okay, so these are complex issues and mm -hmm. it's difficult to talk about them in a mm -hmm. few minutes and we've spent a lot of time or most of the time talking about a lot of the external uh, environmental factors that, that, that have an impact. But we, we also have a lot of work to do internally. It's, you know, how do we 
how do we work on our culture so that it it it, it better promotes wellness and in our organizations? How do we re-examine our structures in terms of how we select people, how we promote people? How do we build the capacity to support the people that we hire so that they are well and they are resilient and they and they and they don't feel burnt out? We're not overloading them with work. I mean, we are. We, we make our people work way too much overtime. We make them come into work on their days off to go to court or deal with additional policing obligations. There's a huge emphasis on hiring for diversity, which is absolutely appropriate, better gender equity in policing, yet we're not building the capacity within our organization to support, for example, women with families or women who are having children. We're not building the capacity in our organization to support people from diverse communities that don't often see policing as a first choice, mm -hmm. but if we can get them in, how do we support them so they stay? Those are all things that we need to work on internally. So it's, it is, it's about the external um, uh, factors that affect our people's wellness, but it's also about how do we re-examine what we're doing internally so that we can get ahead of these issues and so that people aren't working too much and they are feeling supported and they do become resilient and they stay in policing, but also that we 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 make it attractive for people to look at policing as as a as a as a, a preferred career choice. And Tom, I need to take a quick break here, but I have a few more questions for you. Can you hold the line for a couple of minutes? Sure. Okay, Tom Stamatak is joining me this afternoon. He is the president of the Canadian Police Association. Kind of a, you know, a, I think for some people would say a surprising survey, results of that survey done recently. Uh, the, the, the researchers saying that a stress burnout among police in Canada is pretty terrifying. That's how she described it. We'll continue the conversation with Tom after the break. Want to find out how this is imp impacting recruitment and what that means for services across the country. Stay with us. My name is Jayla Nye. You're listening to Afternoons on 630 Chet and The Drive on 770 CHQR. We're talking with the president of the Canadian Police Association, uh, really kind of a, about the state of policing in this country. Tom Stamatakis joining me. Tom, only have a couple of minutes left, but, you know, given, you know, the conversation that we had before the break, all of these issues, what does it look like right now when it comes to recruiting? How is the current situation and the current, um, you know, uh, what is it, atmosphere? I don't know what the word is. Uh, you know, everything adding to trying to recruit police officers and having police police officers stay on the job. Well, it, it's a it's a difficult challenge, and it's uh, particularly challenging now. We're in a well-documented competitive labor environment. Many of the people that we're trying to recruit into policing are the kind of people that are attractive to other employers. Many of our existing people have other options. They've you know they've received a significant amount of training. They have. Uh, lots of experience and they're attractive to other employers so you know we're saying that people come into our our uh, our sector our profession uh, and you know we'll we'll work you seven days a week 24 hours a day without giving you appropriate breaks and the right kind of support and then on top of that whenever something happens we're going to scrutinize it to the nth degree you'll be investigated for multiple years at a time et cetera, et cetera. and it's no wonder we have a recruiting challenge so we need a you know, we need to, we need, it's appropriate to have oversight given the authorities that police officers mm -hmm. have to interfere in people's lives. But, but our, the, our systems need to become, you know, more timely. Uh, we need to look at these things quicker. Our, our outcomes need to be more proportionate. And we need to find ways to better support people, like I said before, so that this does become a more attractive option because 
it's when it's competitive people are looking at other options with the same sort of compensation and benefits but they only have to work monday to friday and they get the weekends off and and evenings off so they can spend time with their family and friends and i think that's what we're competing against so we need to wrap our minds around that and do better if we want to continue to be a competitive uh, option for people particularly in those diverse communities mm-hmm. uh, that we are targeting and that we need to appropriately recruit from so our police services reflect the communities that we police and the challenges continue without a doubt tom sure appreciate you making time for us this afternoon thank you for this you're very welcome